Good day to you, everyone. It's Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner. There's my face. There's my face, everyone. It is so good to be with you today on this very special Wednesday edition of the Pete the Planner live noon Eastern Friday recording. Joining me, as always, Damian Dunn, the beheaded gentleman in northern Indiana. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. Cold head Wednesday. Uh, you're in a barn right now. Yeah. And it's there's no heat. Right, did you just hear my heater kick on? I didn't. Good. That means I can let it run. Dame, this is a very special um, edition of the show. Since you and I did not want to record a show on Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus Christ, we decided to uh, just do it on Wednesday. Uh, good Wednesday to you, Danza. It's always good to be with you. Uh, for those joining us uh, for now the third time in the new edition of the podcast format. Last week was much better, was so much better than the first week. Thank you for letting us work out the glitches. If you love it, please do us a favor, go to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave some clever comments about how great we are. And it just helps uh, drown out all of, uh, of well the trolls. Okay. So Dame, let's do a pre-production meeting. I have, have you and I spoke on the phone yet this week? No, this is the first. Well, this is quite the pleasure for me. Dame, let's talk about uh, good day, Heather. Hello, good day to, to be with you. All right, so Dame, let's talk about what's on the show. Uh, you have taken the liberty to prepare stimulus extravaganza. So let's maybe go one, maybe two segments there. And then we've got that good question from Oz that we can hit in the third segment, then our normal Blom and current events after that. Does that work for you? Fantastic. Which question from Oz are you referring to, oh, just out of curiosity? Well, boy, you would ask that. I would. I, would, I, have, uh, <laughs> I have notes on a few of them, but I know that means you're going to choose the one that I don't have notes on. I don't know. Which one do you want to do, actually? Um, like the Betty D one? Or Claudia? Uh, yeah, either. Uh, um, either of those would be fine. Okay. One of those. Okay. okay. Uh, Dame sounds like you're echoey again. Uh, Danza says you have gone echoey. How does this happen? Nobody knows. Right. If we knew, we wouldn't do it. All right, hold on a second. Let me see what I can do. Am I in? Dame, does does that help, Danza? Uh, uh, just let us know if that is helpful. Dame, you have to say something so she knows. Uh, Danza, let me know if I am still echoey. I am crossing my fingers that I am not. And this is right back to great radio. This is, yeah, this is why the podcast switched to this because we wanted to show you what we have to go through to get a, a show on the radio every single week. Technical difficulties out the old elf area. All right, Danza says we're good to go. Dame, I'm starting the show. <clears throat> Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. It is a extravaganza of Christmas this week on the Pete the Planner Show. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn. He's wearing a hat. You can't see. This is audio and he's in northern Indiana. He joins me now. Hello, Dame. My head is warm. Hello, Pete. Did Santa visit you? No, no. Which is really creepy because we record this show on a Wednesday, the 23rd, but I'm acting like it is post Christmas time, Dame, so much is going on this week. And, and there's always the danger when you record early in a week that the news that follows the recording alters the course of the show. And I have to be honest with you, there's 100% guaranteed that's going to happen. I am not confident at all that what we talk about today is going to be the reality when this show airs on Sunday. You know, the funny part is that we should start off as always by saying Peter was wrong. Damien was right. <laughs> well, um, I mean, 
What? If you want to, go ahead. All right, let me just do it special for you. Peter was wrong. Damien was right. You like that? It sounds good however you say it. Okay. Um, I did not think Congress would come together right now and build a bill. I didn't think they would do that, and they did. Damien was right. Now, did they really come together to put something out there of value? That's what we're going to focus our first segment on. Dame, what is in the newest stimulus bill? Let, we're going to call this segment Time to Stimulate You. Ooh. Uh, everything is in this bill and a whole bunch of stuff that people don't want to be in the bill. So it's a uh, equal opportunity to offend everyone. Right. Can, can I ask something here? I, I know you've read all 5,000 pages of the bill. So when you say things that are in the bill that, that are upsetting people, some of that is just related to the omnibus budget, mm -hmm. right. As opposed to the, the cares aspect of it, or is it just all combined? So it's hard to tell. Uh, there's some overlap, but there's a, a lot of stuff that's included that people are upset about, and including uh, probably one of the headlines, the direct payments to individuals, 600 bucks. Uh, last time around, it was uh, 1,200. No, what was yeah, it last? It was 1,200. 1,200 uh, and 500 for kids. Yes. So ab yeah. abysmal effort by Congress on these $600 payments. Um, it took six months to give people half of the money they needed to survive a month six months ago. <laughs> you know, it's like not giving someone a Band-Aid and then it festers into an amputation. Like that's where we're at in terms of the actual direct payments to people. Uh, I don't really get caught up in when I agree or disagree with the president of the United States uh, as a practice, but I can tell you last evening, which was Tuesday evening, the 22nd, when he said that the $600 was, was ridiculous and it was not enough and that it needed to be closer to $2,000 per person. Boy, I agree. It'll be really interesting to see what happens because uh, the Nancy Pelosi has already uh, voiced support and she's going to bring this to the floor of, of uh, the House of Representatives. I'm not thinking that uh, Senator McConnell is going to be quite as excited about the prospects of having a president and a house behind something like this, especially with two seats up for grabs in Georgia right now. So it'll be interesting to see if he uh, if he punts on this, risking a whole bunch, or if he acquiesces and says, you know what, let's just do it and get it through and see uh, see what the next administration wants to do with this. But the $600, I think, is uh, a, a low target for everything that the American public has gone through over the last um, six to eight months, and they needed to do better in this case. And we will see, now that they have the chance to do that, if they come through. Do you think it's as easy as to say Congress is out of touch with the American people, or do you feel like that statement is shaped by one's political view? I think there's a lot to be said for uh, Congress not having a real good grasp on what's going on. But at the same time, I don't think the American public has a real good grasp of all the other things that Congress tries to do on a day in, day out basis as well. I mean, the, if you look at what all these bills have uh, in them, yes, a lot of it I feel is wasteful spending. However, a lot of that is targeted for good reason. Uh, if if uh, there are some things in there that don't make sense to us, it doesn't mean they don't make sense in the grand scheme of things. So if we can give each other a little bit of latitude, but feel free to hold everybody's feet to the fire when th something just doesn't feel right. And this is one of those cases. Uh, 
I think everybody comes out better in the long run. I mean, this was a, a very tone deaf bill where uh, you could have really put something forward that says we're putting the American public first and done a very uh, clean bill for for this type of thing. And everybody would have felt good about it. But that just wasn't the case. And lumping this into a, a, an omnibus or sorry, running this concurrently with an omnibus spending bill and package uh, just makes uh, the opportunity ripe for more confusion and frustration on everybody's part. You could make a, a barely reasonable, hardly reasonable argument in July that another $600 stimulus payment would have made sense. Like that would have been at, hard to convince anyone of that in July. In December, months later, after all of the turmoil, I don't even... Do they not understand that $600 is not a lot of money? I, I guess that's what I'm struggling with. And also, you think about there were people who their year has gone so poorly, yet their previous tax year had gone fine, so they don't even qualify for the nominal $600 based on the you know um, phase-out. All sorts of things to shake your head at and shrug your shoulders, but it, it just seems tough to fathom that they don't have a better grasp of what people are struggling with. Yes, some people are going to get payments that don't really need them. This is a conversation we had the first time around. We hope that uh, those people uh, get the money back into the hands of uh, the community uh, the, to try and support small businesses and those that really need it. Uh, but nothing's perfect. Uh, there was a failure, I feel, on the government's part to uh, not do a better job addressing the needs of the people. Can I tell you, I do like one part of the bill that is going to allow me to sleep better as it relates to uh, people being hurt in this economy and what was coming in about six days. And that was, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Eviction moratorium. Yeah, so reportedly, I think it was the Aspen Institute came out and said that there was $70 billion in back rent due January 1st. And uh, as part of this new stimulus plan, which has some silly acronym, by the way, can we, you know, they should name these, these stimulus plans and these acts like they name pharmaceuticals, like Sky Rizzy. I don't know what Sky Rizzy does, but it is the greatest pharmaceutical name of all time. Yeah. All right. So anyway, this Sky Rizzy bill, it has 25 billion, I believe, in rental assistance, which allows a renter to catch up on rent or pay rent to their landlord. And that is what has been missing from our economy for three or four months is the idea that landlords got left hang, uh, holding the bag. And the person who was going to be responsible for that was the tenant who was going to get kicked out because the landlords were put in a terrible position. And the landlords can take the initiative and apply on behalf of the tenants as well, assuming they can get all the information they need. So it's not just a one-way street in this case. And it buys another month for people to figure this out. Um, yeah, so, so I like that part of the bill. You know, we're going to hit this into the next segment too, but let, let, before we get there, Dame, there was some extension of the unemployment benefit uh, of $300 additional. What was it? It was 600 Is that right? I'm making that up. What was it? uh yeah was yeah 600 i think something like that or no it's like no it was like 600 a week or something like that right correct now this is 300 a month right or is it 300 a week well but shouldn't we know this it's a week yeah 300 per week okay so it's yeah. half of that <laughs> boy it's half of that 
see how quickly I messed up your segment that you planned by taking it over. Isn't that amazing? That's all right. Um, what I do like about this is it applies to gig workers and contractors. What was so hard the first time around is entertainers, gig workers just didn't qualify for months and months and months that became problematic. Dan, let's do this. We're going to pick up with unemployment uh, benefits after the break, the new stimulus bill. It's the stimulation segment right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Here, here you do, you put all this work into this segment. You come up with a, with a document you shared with me. I, I assume you shared it with a team so that they know how to talk to people when they come in. And then I butcher it right in front of you. How do you feel about that? I'm feeling pretty good about my uh, job review coming up uh, next, next year. Well, yeah, I, I, I get a free pass on that one. Uh, Michael says, glad to see PPP expenses deductible as well. I think that'll certainly help. Dame, do you think there will be a rush for... Maybe this is a dumb question. Do you think there'll be a rush for a second round of PPP for businesses? Or do you think um, they will not be as popular as the first go round? I think certain industries, there'll certainly be a rush uh, to come back and get another another help from the government, uh, you know, restaurants, especially to movie theaters, although there is some specific movie theater language in, in the bill as well that will help small independent, uh, not large national chains, but there's there's some uh, additional aid for that. So yeah, I think certain businesses will certainly come back up and say, listen, we could still use some help and keep these people employed. Uh, however, I, I hope that it's, um, looked at and used appropriately that the people who genuinely need it are the ones that are going for it. All right. New segment in three, two, one. Back on the Pete, the planner show walking through the provisions of the new stimulus bill that theoretically has passed by now as we pre-record the show too many days early to guarantee that this will all work out. Dame, uh, we were just talking about the unemployment benefit extension. It's through March 14th, 2021. It's an additional $300 a week on top of what your state benefit is. And we were just talking about before the break, how it finally extends to that forgotten population of gig workers. Big help. Uh, there's so many people that are trying to make it on their own or supplement their income uh, with with whatever means they can. And now they've got a chance to uh, try and be a little bit closer to whole with this benefit. You know, it's also worth noting, and actually, by the time this show airs, it may be too late. You'll correct me on this, as you often do. What's the deal with the provision of people being able to make that $100,000 withdrawal out of their 401k? Is it on the 30th of December? Yep, December 30th. But okay. you've got to give time for paperwork to go through too. So I wouldn't push it. Uh, I would do it as soon as possible. And, and some thoughts on that. Since this is a sort of, as of now, a one-time deal uh, that expires very soon. If you feel like, if you're unemployed, you have no money and you need some funds and you feel like you're, it's worth withdrawing and, and pulling from your future uh, to do that, Dame, what people need to understand is they either A, need to take out 20% more than they think so they can set that aside for taxes. Or B, uh, they have to understand that over the next three years, they're going to owe the equivalent of 20% of what they took out in taxes, which is making a promise that your uh, future self has to honor. And that's tough in a recovery. Unless for some unknown reason, an unforeseeable reason, the Congress and the president would come together and say, you know what, we're not going to make you pay the taxes on that, that distribution. Um, yeah, you're going to have to pay it. Uh, there's no 10% penalty for an early uh, distribution. 
if you are under the age of 59 and a half. However, the tax is still going to be due. So whether you choose to do it now or you choose to do it over the next three years, that's going to be up to you. But that money is going to have to find its way to Uncle Sam. Some of the more, uh, frankly, provocative elements of this stimulus plan come in the miscellaneous section that, uh, you know, things like employers' ability to give employees $5,250 per year for tax-free student loan payments. Didn't see that one coming. No, I don't think anybody was necessarily lobbying for that real hard either. It's not something that we see on the front of our radar. However, man, is that a nice little benefit, especially for smaller employers. Uh, they can give a nice tax-free um, a, a bit of assistance to their employees, and it helps them by avoiding FICA taxes as well. It just seems over the next six months, student loans are going to be at the top of everyone's list of things that will theoretically create stimulus for the economy. I, I, I'm just, I'm not convinced that it's not going to create this, that it's going to create the stimulus benefit that everyone thinks. I'm just, I, I'm just yeah, not convinced. I agree. I, I think uh, it, it will add hopefully some stability to people's lives if that is what comes to fruition, but to think that money is going to magically start appearing in uh, the, the economy around us because some student loans were forgiven, I think might be a little of an overestimation. Now, President Trump is very big on business write-offs. Uh, and I say that respectfully in the sense that uh, for people to be able, businesses to go out and spend money on business meals and entertainment, um, he feels like those should be fully deducted or fully deductible uh, on taxes. And they are for 21 and 2022 only as of right now, 100% of business meals will be deductible. Dame, I like this, but th there's some interesting nuance to it. Number one, it could help bring back the restaurant industry, but other than the PPP loans, which are more general, it really is the only targeted support for the restaurant industry within this new stimulus plan. Yeah, and I think in his uh, his announcement or video last night, I think he lobbied for this to be extended, uh, possibly permanently. He said two years, I know specifically, wasn't going to be enough. Um, any Every little bit's going to help, uh, I think. Uh, and if, if that's something that's going to put extra dollars into our restaurants, uh, restaurant owners, entrepreneurs' pockets, then then so be it. I don't think this is going to create the windfall that... Uh, that, that anybody would expect either. I have to admit that Hawaii has come up with the best plan I've seen in terms of supporting restaurants. Have we talked about that on this show? Dave? I don't think so. So this was a few months ago. I, I'm going to butcher the, the finite details here, but work with me. They gave pretty much everyone a $500 restaurant gift card that they had to use over a series of maybe two or three months. And it could only be used at restaurants. And if you didn't spend it all by a certain date, let's call it December 15th, and it went away, but it it was what they chose to do, what Hawaii chose to do with some CARES Act funds. And uh, it was really interesting. It helped save a tremendous number of restaurants because people had to eat. They they used the government money then to, 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 to pay those restaurateurs, to keep people employed. And it was a beautiful application of government money to support a targeted industry which, Dane, what's the deal? Does the restaurant have no lobbyists? Are they terrible lobbyists? Like, how are they ignored over? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how one industry is so shunned like, like, like they have been. 
I'd be shocked if they don't have dedicated lobbyists. But speaking to Hawaii specifically, I know their uh, economy has just been decimated with the the travel issues. Uh, they had some really strict um, um, requirements that if you did travel, you had to stay in quarantine for a certain period of time before you could do anything. So if, if you were going to Hawaii, you were going to enjoy it from a hotel room. Um, but they, they've since loosened that up, but I'm glad they were um, had enough foresight to, to try and benefit their local economy with their with their dollars by giving the people some choice at where they spent it. Touch on the earned income tax credit and the enhanced child tax credit provisions of the bill, if you will. So uh, for 2020, the earned income tax credit and enhanced child tax credit, uh, that's the refundable part. You can use your 2019 earnings to calculate your credit. Um, that's going to be significant because the unemployment compensation does not equal unearned income. Uh, so you're going to have a greater chance at qualifying for both of those things on your tax return this year. So uh, it, it's a, a, a nice little setup for uh, people to try and get some money back when they file taxes this spring. I also noticed there is a FAFSA revision. Uh, the uh, Was it the free application for financial student aid? Is yeah. that the? Uh, close enough. Close enough. It was 108 questions, the form that people had to fill out. But in 2023, uh, it's going to be closer to 35 to 40 questions. And the expected family contribution will be going away. Instead, it will be placed with the student aid index. Dame, once again, if anyone's tipping their hand here on what a priority for the next administration might be, it is higher ed and the expenses revolving around higher ed. I've seen some speculation that the expected family contribution is simply going to get a name change to student aid index just because <laughs> it's kind of unpalatable to say expected family contribution uh, in some cir circumstances. So a student aid index is going to be uh, just maybe a different presentation of that number in the future. However, FAFSAs ask a lot of questions. And if anything they can do to make this a little bit more streamlined process to get to the same sort of answer, or maybe a more favorable answer for today's students and well, tomorrow's students in this case, man, I'm all for. Also, the, the you know, the opportunity to make a mistake when there's 100 some questions is quite high. And so people aren't getting what's what they're due. And, and so that's frustrating. Dave, before we go to the break, I, I just have to say this. Uh, you know, President-elect Biden came out just this week and said that he views this stimulus plan as a down payment for the next one, which is fascinating language. And I don't know how possible that is if they don't win the two seats in Georgia, because theoretically it would just be a stalemate going forward. No. Yeah, there will be some uh, heavy negotiations if the makeup of the Senate stays as it is, unless they get those two seats. Dame, let's do this. Coming up after the break, we're going to answer a money question. we got a few we can choose from. Is it Claudia's? Is it Betty's? Who knows? That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. What do you want to do? You want to do one on divorce or do you want to do on semi-retired semi work slump or retirement housing costs after a divorce? What do you think? Hmm. Sorry. Hang on. Uh... Uh, I'm, I'm, mm, I'd rather do the housing cost one, maybe you for that. Or do you want to do the other one? Let's do that one. Is that, uh, uh, Betty or Claudia? I reset the sound right when you were giving your answer. 
sorry, I lost you there for a second. Oh, hold on. I was waiting for microphone access from you. Hold on. This is what happens. Zencaster was going to let it work today, but then it decided not to. All right, Dane, what did you answer? Gotcha. Uh, Claudia, is that the is that the one you were looking towards? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your money questions. If you want to ask us a question, please do so. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, we are starting next year with five or six, five major makeovers. If you're a listener to this show and you want us to make over your financial life for free, have the services of Hey Money for free for six months. Uh, we have uh, a form we'll have you fill out. Go ahead and email us, uh, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com and say, Make me over, Pedro. Make me over. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Dear Pete, my name is Claudia. I am a divorced person. My income is too low, but I have assets. I have to sell my house to pay my debts, mortgage, and line of credit. I'm planning to buy a small house or apartment without a mortgage, but I will have little savings if I do that. I don't want to rent because I feel like I'm wasting my money, and it's not guaranteed that if I invest the money instead of buying, I'm going to lose money. The economy is not good right now, but I feel confident investing in property. What is your advice, Claudia? Well, Dame, you already know how I feel about this. It, 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 I mean, there's only one answer here. No, only one good answer. How many times do you think you've heard renting is wasting money in your life? Too many. It once is too many. Yeah. Well, once is the right amount because then we can tell people that the person who said it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, renting has its advantages uh, and not just for uh, younger people who aren't sure where they're going to end up in another five years. In times of uncertainty or um, great potential turmoil going forward, maybe you don't want to sink all of your assets into a house or you need those assets to live off of on a month-to-month -month basis and making a, a rent payment and keeping a bulk of your money in a, a saving account or some other investable uh, account makes the most sense. And what I'm concerned here for Claudia is, is that she ends up in a house, but doesn't have anything else uh, liquid to her um, to, to use when it's needed. So uh, I think renting actually makes sense for the foreseeable future for her. Do you see it differently? No. no. Uh, so you need, you need one very important thing. If you're going to move into a home, you need an emergency fund to fix the home that inevitably needs maintenance. That's it. And if you can't do that, then you should not buy a home. And you're thinking, ah, we'll grow into it. No, you won't. It'll only get worse. I feel like that old saying, renting throwing your money away, has done as much damage as any other financial idiom out there other than make sure you have a good credit score. I mean, they, they sort of go hand in hand, if we're being honest. You find people that, hey, renting throwing away your money, and I got to have a great credit score. And these are people that often have way too much debt and have no savings and they find themselves as homeowners with great credit scores and they're convinced they're making good decisions. Meanwhile, they're silently killing their financial life. This is an uplifting edition of the Christmas Peak the Planner <laughs> show. Yeah, I don't, Dame, there's no way Claudia should buy a house right now. No way. If there's one way to bring consistency to your financial life, it's to try and figure out a way to smooth out the major expenses in your life. Housing is going to be the biggest one that you have for the vast majority of people on a month to month basis. And if that means that you rent for a while and uh, and make sure that you've got the rest of your budget under control and and you can potentially get to a place where you're uh, able to contribute to a, a saving account to make uh, a, or build a down payment or a build that emergency fund specifically for housing costs, 
that's a good use of your money. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise, because that's just simply not the truth. You've got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself when money's tight. And honestly, renting could be a really smart decision when you're not sure um, if you've got enough money to make homeownership work for you. Think of the other aspects of being in a relationship transition right? Like you're getting used to new level of income, your new level of expenses. So if you want to talk about the worst possible time to buy a home with no emergency fund, it may be in the midst of a relationship transition. You know, I'd say you and I've joked in the past, but this is really nothing to joke about. And we haven't joked about it. We just sort of said in a cliche, uh, never fight to keep the house. If you're going through relationship transition, and you're going to find yourself in a tough financial spot, don't think keeping the house solves anything other than, of course, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of it, the foundational elements of raising children in a, in a, a steady home, which is not to be dismissed. Hmm. People who fight to keep the house when they shouldn't put themselves on a path to disaster from the second they start their new life apart. Well, we don't see... Um anything that uh, that uh, mentions kids in this we don't see anything that mentions the age either so maybe it's very possible that uh, there's there's another move that's going to come in the next year 18 months 24 months and getting into a house right now could be a really really bad decision based on where the market is right now in many areas of the country if you were forced or, or wanted to sell your home in another you know, year and a half, two years, three years maybe, who knows what the market's going to be and you may have your hands tied at that point. Do you think that the extension of the eviction moratorium, just that one month extension and the $25 billion in government aid to make landlords reasonably whole, which again, everybody, helps the tenants too. Mm -hmm. every, every, the tenant too. Uh, every time I'm on television and I talk about how the landlords are getting hung out to dry. I get nasty grams about how I'm for the, the big money and I'm for the people of wealth. No, 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 no. If the renter's in trouble, the landlord's in trouble, but you make the problem the landlord's problem, it eventually becomes the tenant's problem. But if you reverse that and say that the, land, the tenant's in problem, the landlord's a problem. So let's use money to help the landlord, which helps the tenant. That actually makes sense. Landlords want to make sure that their bills are taken care of too. And if they are, uh, frankly, if I was a landlord, I wouldn't necessarily care if my money was getting coming to me from my tenant or from somebody else, as long as that money was there and allowing me to cover the expenses for that investment. Uh, if that's the case, then yeah, I'm way more likely to let my tenant just, uh, you know, keep keep on keeping on and hopefully they get things turned around and they're able to get back to a regular paying schedule. So yeah, helping the tent, the, uh, the landlords or excuse me, helping the landlords out is absolutely going to help the tenants out. You know, the other element of a relationship transition that, that gets interesting is so, and, and this is the same thing that happens to college graduates. They get used to a particular lifestyle living with someone else. So with college graduates that they get used to the lifestyle that their parents have and created for them when they're teens. And so then they try to replicate that post-graduation, which creates just a lot, a lot of angst because they don't have the income level to support it. But coming out of divorce, you have theoretically two incomes providing a particular lifestyle. And when you split that off, there's always someone that says, okay, well, now I'm, I still need to live this style of income or the, the, this quality of lifestyle. And 
again, Dame, I, I know we we definitely take relationship transition calls at your money line and hey money. And, and sometimes they're they're horrible situations that we're glad that we're able to help with. But if you want to talk about one of the top three inflection points of where a financial life can go wrong, it's the it's the permanent decisions made coming out of that relationship transition. Coming out of that relationship, uh, there are oftentimes really, really uncomfortable decisions that have to be made, ones that are going to force you to live a different lifestyle for a period of time that uh, maybe you're not comfortable with, maybe you just don't like it, uh, but for your financial stability and maybe the, the financial stability of your kids going forward as well, you have to make those decisions. And it, it's something that nobody enjoys doing. Uh, we don't, uh, don't look forward to espousing that to, to people that we talk with, but we will try and make that as, you know, as reasonable as possible and show them a path, hopefully to get them closer to where they were in the not too distant future. It's always, and I get, I've never been through a relationship transition as an adult. So I, I did, I don't have firsthand experience, but again, we do this so often. Here's what we see a person coming out of a relationships wants so badly for their life to return to some, you know, semblance of normalcy that they make a decision they think that will help with that. But what they really need is they need a timeout. They need a six month chance to breathe, chance to collect themselves, understand their new income, understand the new expenses. And it's, you know, look, you and I have been financial advisors in our careers at some point. You dealt with this when someone had a loved one pass away, right? Mm -hmm. When you get a widow or widower, they often are forced into that same decision. So Dan, let's do this. Let's come back. We're going to hit the current events, the Blom, all that's next on the Pete the Planner Show, a very happy Christmas edition of the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Bah humbug. I, what? I don't think show planning would have helped us. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in a weird mood, but that question, th there's no positivity out of that question because you can't think. <laughs> so you and I are in the mass financial advice business, more so me than, than you, right? I, I more publicly give mass financial advice than you do. And, and that's your great advantage of you get to hear people's specifics so that you can make sure that silly financial idioms don't trip them up. And one of the things I've learned in doing this for the last 15 years as a, a public figure in, in finance is that at first you want to have these really tight sayings like renting's throwing away your money. You want to have these real clever phrases that, that people remember and they're like, he's a tough guy. He says that. But they hurt people. They hurt people like Claudia. And so that's why I've definitely become a lot less of a tough guy in the last 15 years with, with my advice. And it's because of individuals like Claudia that don't have the time to experience the nuance of a one-on-one -on -one with someone like you. So they just go to the loud, bald guy on the television and then they end up hurting themselves. And that's what, that's what I've learned. Details matter. Uh, and to be able to give somebody meaningful uh, advice without those details is folly to think that you can do it consistently and regularly and and well because well, frankly without the details you don't know half the story if you know any of the story and what we found is that a lot of times people that are in these situations they don't really know their story either they they haven't had the time or the emotional capacity to really start digging in and knowing what they're capable of doing 
and uh, capable and comfortable will be able to comfortably do on a month-to-month basis so uh, you are in a very untenable position when you have to try and make advice that is meaningful for thousands and thousands of people whereas i get the opportunity to ask questions which is invaluable i may have the greatest biggest waste of money of the week of our life and and i i've got to be able to deliver on this so if you give me one quick second this, i'm going to blow your mind all right people in the comments tell me what the biggest waste of money you've had this this month in tw- or maybe 2020 should we do 2020 2020 or- biggest waste of money of 2020 2020 while pete is bringing this up The show is free. I want to remind everybody the show is free. Yeah. Biggest waste of money of 2020. Damien, thanks for filling that in, buddy. Like our pre-production meetings about production. Uh, Amazon. Amazon. All of it. Okay. I can't share the screen to go through. Oh, no, no, no. NBA NBA game arcade at Costco played it once. We'll send it our way. Ted would (laughs) love that. I think it deserves a place in the office. Even though I'm only down there never in 2020 you offered me some uh coffee flavored jameson last night yeah somebody uh, wanted to show their appreciation for some help that i had given them and i've known them quite literally for uh, over half of my life and they apparently didn't know that i don't drink coffee i'm not sure how that happened well i drink whiskey and coffee so i'll take it and i'm irish all right dame let's do biggest waste of money of the week you ready yes three two one this week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pizza Planner Show is the Shuyaya Leather Snowman Bag. There's not always enough snow outside during winter to make a snowman. That doesn't mean you can't bring one home. Part of Japanese firm Tsushaya's Fun of Carrying Initiative, designer Yuko Matsuzawa has created the Leather Snowman Bag. As the name suggests, it's designed for carrying a desktop-sized snowman around. The exterior is crafted from smooth, waterproofed leather, while the interior is made from the same polyester as cold storage bags, ensuring the contents arrive in one piece. As a one-off example, the bag is not for sale, but will be on display at Chushaya's factories and stores now through February 28th of 2021. So Dame, it looks like a guitar case, a thick, thick, thick guitar case but instead of the neck of the guitar, guitar being within the case, it's like a purse handle. So it's just like the, the body of the guitar, it's for a two ball snowman, a snowman with two balls, the body ball and the head ball that is, mm-hmm. right? We're not getting into gender. And uh, you know the manufacturing of this alone, I find to be quite wasteful, especially during you know COVID times, why one would not be able to buy a, a snowman carrying case. I'll, I'll never understand. So there's no price. There's no price because you can't buy it. But it's, buy it. the manufacturing of it's a big waste of money. It's priceless. That's true. Dame, what's in the news this week? Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy. Oh. Right. <laughs> he's not a shy supporter of small business, and now he's literally putting his money where his mouth is with the Barstool Fund. Have you heard about this, Pete? I do appreciate that. I do too. Let me let me fill in some details for people. Okay. I always exhaled so hard to start because I have feelings about other issues. I know, but I I wanted to at least point this out because I think it's a a nice thing that he's doing. I agree. His barstool fund has half a million dollars in it. It's going to small businesses who apply and qualify for some relief. 
He recognizes, Portnoy that is, that it's not a lot of money to help businesses, but it's something. Unlike other funds that were short-lived, he wants the businesses that do get awards from the Barstool Fund to get paid monthly until pandemic restrictions are lifted, which I think is a fantastic gesture that he's making to some uh, businesses that are repeatedly overlooked. As we were talking, I think one of the first recipients was a restaurant uh, that uh, that is getting uh, in on this. So a nice consistent stream of income from Dave. And you know, if he wanted to put some more money into it, I think he could. You know, I have to say something I'm going to continue to work on in 2021 is when I when there's a public figure specifically that I tend to not line up on a lot of their views. I'm trying to prevent myself from just assigning them into the category of I'm fully dismissing all of your ideas. And, and the reason for that is if you disagree with someone on a lot of topics or one topic, that doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't mean all of their ideas are worth dismissing. And I think this is a good example. I happen to disagree with that gentleman on a tremendous number of things, um, but I agree. It, it, and, and very frankly, I happen to disagree with the president of the United States on most things, but I agree with him every once in a while. Like the idea that $600 in the stimulus plan is embarrassing that, that as the most developed nation that six months go by when $600 for a person maybe could have helped. And, and now it is literally a hundred dollars a month for waiting while they're getting more hurt. So anyway, I, can't even. I think it's a good lesson for us to remember that disagreeing is fine, it, but make sure that you do it in a respectful, polite way, because it, everybody has, different opinions and policies and they're likely to do something that you do agree with and you want to be able to support them when they do something that is uh, in your estimation a great decision on the flip side of that what if there's someone you tend to always agree with and then they say something that you're like eh, it's okay to fully disagree with them and be like you know what i'm not with you on that I will say, this is why I'm not a member of a political party, because I have a hard time towing the line on issue after issue after issue that I'm supposed to line up on. And I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Walking lockstep with uh, almost any organization is going to lead to some problems for you as an individual at some point. What else is in the news, Dame? Apple once again appears to be seriously looking at making a car. <laughs> Reuters reports that Apple is pursuing production of a passenger vehicle by the year 2024, as I well as the creation. It, yeah. So the, Elon what, Musk said that Tim Cook turned down a meeting uh, that when 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 Tesla was really struggling, yeah. and I can't tell a whether that's true. B even if it's true, if it's fair game to publicly disclose that, or uh, the third option, which is Apple may have missed a really big opportunity there. Yeah, I can't imagine what things would have looked like if Apple would have just stepped in and say, listen, you haven't made a penny, but there's some things here that we could work with. So we're going to buy you at, I think he said the offer was a tenth of what the the, the overall market cap is now. Yeah. Um, Tim probably could have just got out pocket change uh, or gone to petty cash and just said, here, go away. This is ours now. And uh, it had uh, Tesla underneath the Apple umbrella, and they could have just launched into a much 
uh, more rapidly developed product with everything else that's going on there. However, we'll never know. So anyway, look out for the iCar. No rumor to uh, the fact that it would actually be named that or uh, that wheels and steering wheel will be sold separately. Uh, Michael, who is following along on the live stream on Facebook right now, asks, will the car stop working when the new one comes out? It's a fair question. God, yes, it absolutely will. Dame, I was talking to an investment banker friend of mine this week, and he made the rather easy prediction that in 2021, situations like you just described with Tesla, where they're distressed, other companies are cash heavy, you're going to see a lot of opportunity acquisitions like that, where both entities have a problem solved right? The, the business idea can continue in perpetuity with, a, with fresh capital and fresh ideas and ownership. And you're going to get a lot of very stable businesses become bigger and more stable because they're able to help out distressed companies. And he says that will be the story of 2021. Totally agree. Uh, people have some cash, some companies, people have uh, plenty of cash sitting on the sidelines, just waiting for opportunities. And it would not surprise right. me if there are some mergers that make us uh, raise our eyebrows in the near future. Last story. What else is in the news? Uh, Goldman Sachs has for decades set oh. its sights on the global elite when it comes to wealth management. Now it's opening up services to everyone else like you and me, Pete. The bank oh. has begun internal testing of a new automated investment service. We call those robo advisors around here. Yeah. And uh, looking for a broader rollout next year. Pete, would you do business with Goldman Sachs? Well, I just have to, I have to separate the headlines I read about this this week from the story itself. Because most of the headlines said, probably goaded by a press release from Goldman Sachs, now Goldman Sachs offers wealth management for the masses. Well, out of touch people, the masses don't have wealth. And so this idea that they're swooping in to save the general American from a lack of access is absolutely absurd. Absurd. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what they were thinking. Oh, one last thing, Pete. Can we give a special happy birthday wishes? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's an entrepreneur and a performer extraordinaire. Okay. The uh, Robert Burke is his name, but he's better known as the Naked Cowboy. If you had to guess, how old is the Naked Cowboy turn this week? You know what? I'm going to guess big here because uh, I've seen him in his underpants in Times Square. <laughs> and I'd say 60 years old. Ooh, only 50. Oh, well, let's just <laughs> say all that, that sun exposure has uh, wrinkled his lasso. Well, happy <laughs> birthday, Robert. <laughs> Uh, I've got a birthday song for you. It's called Sunscreen, Sunscreen. No, I've seen him uh, strum his instrument right there in Times Square. Sounds engaging. Hey, Dame, on that note, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. Happy birthday to Jesus. <laughs> hey, we'll see you on uh, New Year's, special New Year's show recording next Wednesday, live on Facebook. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. I hate to get all my mile. Ooh, ooh, hold on. I had to get all my mildly inappropriate jokes out <laughs> and then give a happy birthday Jesus message. Yeah, that was great. Great order there. Wrinkled lasso. That doesn't feel right. All right. Hey, Dame. Um, Daniel, good day to all and to all a good day. <laughs> That's really funny.
gosh, I wish. See, having people on the show like this is really helpful for the joke writing. Um, yes. Dame, I'm going to go. I got some things I got to get done. I wish you would have dropped that a couple segments ago so we could have used it. I know. I agree. Uh, Dame, uh, I will probably talk to you before Cry My, but Merry Cry My. Same? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And all to you. Happy holidays, no matter what holiday you happen to celebrate. If you don't celebrate any at all, I hope you have a magical season. Wear a mask. Stay away from people. Good day. Good day.